Today we're going to talk about praying in the Spirit gives all access. Praying in the Spirit gives all access. I want to read this very quickly. As Paul describes the armor that we should put on in verse 17, he says, Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And in verse 18, this is where we're going to focus today. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. There's two things we're going to talk about as it pertains to praying in the Spirit with all kinds of prayers and requests. There's two aspects. Number one, that when we pray in the Spirit, that means all access is anywhere and everywhere. That all access that we're given is anywhere and everywhere. Number two, when we pray in the Spirit, that all access means anything and everything. So number one, we gain access. We pray in the Spirit. We gain this access. We have all access anywhere and everywhere. I'm gonna, again, I'm going to describe uh, a part of prayer, but I'm, gonna, I'm a bit of a word nerd, as some people have told me. I didn't realize that I was. But the English language sometimes uh, flattens or makes vanilla or, or oversimplifies certain words that you find in the Greek or the Hebrew. And so what I want to do is I want to pull back the layers and go a little bit deeper. The word prayer, it does mean to have a dialogue that we address, we address God with. We're having this dialogue with a personal God and we're addressing God. But when you pull back the layers, there's a deeper meaning. And a lot of times in our language, we use the same word for 17 different things. So I can love my wife with this deep, passionate love, but I can also love Chick-fil-A. Which is very confusing to someone who doesn't know English. They're like, hold, 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 on, a, hold on a second. Because we have separate, so in the Hebrew and the Greek, we have separate words that have very deep meanings. So this word prayer is a personal dialogue addressed to God. But here's, here's what I found very interesting. It also means a set-apart or a place set apart or suited for the offering of prayer. A place set apart. This is the key. It's a place set apart or suited for the offering of prayer. And the picture, the word that it gives in the description is a synagogue. A synagogue. So what's a synagogue? A synagogue is a meeting place. So in the Old Testament, they called it tabernacle. In the New Testament, they call it synagogue, temple. And in the Bible, it says that we are the temple. Why? Because we've been given the Spirit of God that lives in us. That prayer becomes the physical meeting place between us and God. Prayer becomes, instead of having to go to a building, instead of you having to pull off on the side of the road and finding a church to go, I feel compelled to pray right now while I'm driving down the 78 or the 15 or the 5 or the you know, PCH. I feel compelled to pray right now. Okay, um, Siri, find the nearest church. We don't have to do that any longer because we don't have to come into a physical space that the physical space that's been set apart is no longer a building, but it actually dwells in us. So that means anywhere that we want full access to God, we've been given that full access through his Holy Spirit. And that means I can be in the middle of something, any circumstance, anywhere and everywhere, and I can begin calling upon the name of God. And so when I say, I'm going to say it this way, praying in the Spirit brings us into synagogue. (laughs) Okay? It brings us into this. And there's something powerful about individuals that get a hold of the fact that when you're praying in the Spirit, that you're synagoguing. Do you know, do you know what that does? When you leave this building and you and I as individuals are doing this and we're praying in the Spirit and we're having this meeting time, we're having a dialogue, and this is what I, this is what I love about prayer. Prayer is a dialogue, but it's also an encounter. It's a meeting place. The reason it's a meeting place is because you're going to meet somebody. 
It wouldn't be a meeting place if you were going to show up and it was only going to be you. Intimacy takes two. And so I love this picture because what it's saying to me is that it's a dialogue and an encounter. And so I like to think about it like this. Prayer gives the ability that we're driving down a long road and you see zero intersections. You're looking on the, you're looking on your Google map. You're looking on your maps app. You know, you're looking on ways and it's like, you're like, where's the next intersection? You don't see any intersections crossing this road. Prayer becomes the intersection. And this is what I love. You're driving down the road of life. You're on this journey and you're in the midst of something and you begin to pray. And immediately when you begin to pray, there is a creation of a set apart intersection that pops up just like that, that happens just like that. I'm driving down the road. I don't see a crossroad. And all of a sudden I begin to pray. I come into a dialogue, into this set apart place and I have an encounter. It's an intersection. And there's always a green light for you and for me to get into that intersection with God. He's like, hey, where there wasn't a way, I'm making a way. Where there wasn't an intersection point, I'm making an intersection point. So prayer is an intersection where creator and creation experience this all-access encounter in any circumstance. We don't have to like pretty ourselves up. We, we, don't, we don't have to make sure we're on the right road. We don't have to make sure that we're parked in the right place. We don't have to make sure that the building is the right building. We don't have to make sure of anything. God's like anywhere and everywhere. You mean any, you mean in the middle of my mess, I can cry out to God. And he, there's, a, there's an intersection point to have an encounter and a dialogue with him. Absolutely. Well, if I just get clean from heroin, I can approach God. That's guilt. That is not grace. God's grace has given you the ability to have an intersection. Are you with me this morning? 1 Thessalonians 5, in verse 18, it says, Give thanks in all circumstances. Not your pretty circumstances. Not the ones where you're wearing the right clothes. Not your your social media circumstances, because those always look good. I'm talking about the ones you don't want to post. I I, want to start on my my social media. I just want to post the ugliest moments of my life. And I'm just going to post those. Just to like demystify and break down this idea that we have to have everything pretty and perfect and in order to have an intersection, a community, a dialogue, and an encounter with other human beings. Because we take that into our relationship with God and we're like, well, God, if we have to be perfect in our relationships here, we must have to be perfect with you. And God's like, no, it's in your imperfection that I actually came to you for an encounter. So prayer becomes the set-apart place for us to access the Father no matter where we're physically standing. No matter where. You can be in the middle of a work meeting and you're like, Lord, bring an intersection right now. Creator to your creation in the middle of this business transaction. God, bring it in the middle of this protest. God, bring it right in the middle of this urgent care waiting room. 
God, would you bring this intersection point right now in the middle of the tension relationally that I'm feeling? Every parent this week. God, would you bring it right now in the middle of a classroom called my living room as I try to homeschool my seven children? That prayer was for my wife. <laughs> no, seriously. Props to the parent. I just want to tell you, all week, parents, I've had you on. Chandra has had you on her heart and mind. I'm not kidding you. Like, you deserve a summer already, right now. <laughs> like, you get time off. But in the middle of those circumstances, this is what, this is, this is the real part of it, you guys. It's in these moments that you can call God into these intersection points and go, would you intersect what's going on in my life right now? And prayer is this set-apart place. Number two, all access is for anything and everything. This word request, it says, on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. This word request means with all needs or indigence. Indigence is a state of extreme poverty. A state of extreme poverty. Now, you might say to me, well, Pat, I'm not poor. No, no. What I'm presenting to you is, is that this word has a dual meaning. That you might have some financial needs. But more importantly, God wants to press past the physical and, he's what he, and this is really what he's saying. I know you in your humanity and in the brokenness of the human state that you will more often have spiritual needs where you feel depleted and poor. He's speaking to our spiritual poverty. He's speaking to this nature of we might have it all together in the physical world, but spiritually we're dead and we're struggling. I've got the degree I've got the office, I've got the car, I've got all these things. And there's nothing wrong with those things if we understand that those things come from the overflow. That they're not the destination. This isn't what we're trying to achieve. It's a seeking and asking, this word request, and entreating. It's to ask humbly. And so often what ends up happening is, this is super funny, uh, what ends up happening I love C.S. Lewis. He has this quote. He says, C.S. Lewis said of prayer, we must lay before him what is in us. We must lay before God what is in us, not, not what ought to be in us. And, and, and this, is what, this is what I see this meaning to me, is that when I don't step to God humbly in a place of, of spiritual poverty, of going, God, I am poor in spirit and I need you to have an intersection with me no matter where I'm at. And I need to be able to talk to you about anything and everything. And I don't step humbly. I'm stepping, if I'm not stepping humbly and I step with arrogance, I step with pride, this is what I'm saying to God. God, I'm gonna tell you how you need to fix the very problem that I have because I'm the one who actually got myself into this problem. So if I was smart enough to know how to fix it, I should have been smart enough to know how to not get myself into it. And you're probably looking at me and God's like, yeah, I'm looking at you and I'm thinking that you should probably step aside because you got yourself into the mess. Now don't try to tell me the solution for getting you out of the mess. And pride says, no God, I'm gonna demand and tell you how it is that you need to serve me. So God, I demand... <laughs> and then sometimes what we do is we, we put demands and we put scripture on it because it seems more biblical. God, I demand you do this thing for me because the Bible says. Didn't Satan use that same thing against Jesus? Satan says, I'm going to give you a demand and I'm going to back it up with scripture. And it, and it, and it took, the, it, and Jesus was like, huh? No, I'm going to approach my father humbly. And he gives us this picture. I have to have humility because if not, 
I hate to define it this way, but if I know the solution to a problem, but I don't actually use the solution that I should have known that I'm telling God this is the solution, so it's like I should have known that, that is the definition of stupidity. And God's not a God. He's not calling us stupid. I'm just calling myself stupid. Do you know how many times I've just been, I've just been I was like, so stupid. I like look back and go, that was so stupid of me. I got myself into this mess, so I thought I knew what I was doing. And then I come to God with it, like God, you said I could come to you with anything. So here I am presenting this problem, and here's the solution. Could you match this? It's like I'm, I'm a spiritual matchmaker of my own needs. God's like, no. God is actually saying, the solution that I have for you, you may not even realize in the moment it's the solution you need. You might realize a week later that what God says to you, you'll look back and go, oh, that's why you gave me that little piece of information. And we don't even realize it. Pride, we need, this, we need, we, we need this, this humility to step to God so that we can truly pour ourselves out and give him. And, and where we're in a place where we go, God, I'm going to give you anything and everything. And I know for me, I'm a father. And so what I want to do is I want to create this landscape in this environment where it's like my kids can come and talk to me about anything. And I say that I'm prepared for this. I say as a dad, especially of seven daughters, I say that I'm prepared for this. But I got to tell you something at 10 o'clock at night when, when, I hear a, when I hear a rap on my door, you know, of, of the master suite. <laughs> And my wife and I are like, huh, what, what's up? And, and, and one of my children walk in and like, can we talk? I'm like, uh-oh. But in my heart, I'm like, I'm a dad. I want to create an environment. You can talk to me about anything. And I'm like, okay, you can talk to me about anything. And then inevitably they start talking to me and I was like, I wasn't prepared for that. But I'm going to tell you something. God's prepared. He already knew what was on your heart. He's just waiting for you to take ownership and you to come to the realization that he's there and there's full access to his heart and he's waiting for you to give full access to your heart in return. So God's like, I'm a, I'm, I'm a patient God. I'm a patient father. Before you speak, I can tell you everything that you need to say to me, but I'm just gonna sit back and wait because there's something profoundly and deeply moving about watching your child come to their own conclusion and then come to their own conclusions and pour themselves out. Because God knows we need to go through the process of the pouring out. We need to go through the process of releasing these things and saying, I'm going to release these things at his feet. And as I release, he's going to redeem. I'm going to pour out my heart. He's going to pour his heart over. I'm going to pour out my heart low with humility. And he's going to pour his heart over. And I'm going to, I'm going to say, God, I'm going to release these things to you. And he's like, that's cool. What you release, I'll redeem. You just keep releasing. I'll just keep redeeming. If you just keep releasing those things that I already know are laying there in your heart. If you just keep releasing those things. If you just, if you just know that I can take it. I can take the hard thing. I'm prepared for what you have to say to me. You release, I redeem. There's this beautiful dance that we end up relationally with God in prayer. As you're releasing and he's pouring out and redeeming and you're like, oh man, this is good stuff. And James 4, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. You. So it's this reciprocal relationship, this reciprocity of I'm going to give and then I'm going to listen. 
A synagogue is actually a gathering place where you can pray and then listen to scripture. You know what that means? That means that I'm going to speak and then I'm going to shut my mouth and listen to the wisdom of God's word. God, I'm going to pray. I'm going to release. Now I need your word to redeem. (laughs) And too often I'm like, God, this is a monologue. I'm going to release. Thank you for listening. And we're like, well, God's a counselor. Counselors listen. (laughs) He's also a father and they discipline. I'll let that one lie. I didn't have that in my notes. And we're like, God isn't prepared for this. You know, I tried to go to my dad when I was a kid, and my dad wasn't prepared for this, so I'm going to treat God like my dad. Jeremiah 32, 27, God speaking to this guy, this prophet. A prophet is a person that God would speak to in the Old Testament. And that person became like the mouthpiece in order to speak to the people and really help try to lead them, to give them encouragement, to give them the things as they, as they cried out to God. And there was this intermediary, like, and so God's speaking to Jeremiah and he says, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? You can't bring anything to God that's too hard for him. I don't think God's prepared for this. Sometimes I think in my own life, I hide behind the idea that God might not be prepared for what I have to say, but the truth is I'm, not, I'm personally not prepared for the process that God might have to walk me through so I can get to release, so that he can redeem. And I love God because he sends, he's like, hey, God, you know, God's accessible. He's always accessible. He actually stepped to the line and he said, I, you have full access to me right now, today. Right, I'm telling you right now, today, no matter where you're watching from, no matter where you're sitting in the room, no matter where you're driving right now, listen to this message during the week. It doesn't matter. God has given you 100% access to his heart. He removed the barriers. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to remove the barrier that stood in the way that we couldn't gain access called sin. And he, and, and he knocked this barrier down. And he continues to knock on the last barrier. He continues to knock on the last barrier. But sometimes we keep our hearts hidden. In Revelations 3.20, this is what the scripture says. And I'm going to read it as it's written. It has an exclamation point. So forgive maybe some of the exuberance. And, but this is what it says. It says, here I am. <laughs> you've picked, God's like, you've picked everyone else on your team. And I'm the kid standing, leaning against the wall. Like, woo. Pick me. I'm the ringer. I know, I know you've minimized me in your mind and society has taken me and tried to make a, a disrupted, disheveled view of who I am as God and said all these things about me. And I know that I've been minimized uh, uh, in, in, in society. I, I know that maybe that's even affected you in your mind and your heart and you think I'm small in stature, but I'm God, the God of creation. Here I am, pick me. And he's not begging you. 
he's trying to get the attention of your heart. Because our heart, man, okay, I, I just feel like this is a word from the Lord. Our hearts have become distracted and disrupted with peripheral issues that have nothing to do with what really needs to be dealt with. So we're going to argue over all kinds of stuff. I'm going to tell you, that's not the heart of the issue. I constantly am like, what's the heart of the issue in this? Right? In debate, they call it red herrings, I think. Anyone debate? That was weird. Is that right, Mark? I can count on you all the time, Mark. Red herring. Red herring is like, this is a peripheral issue. This actually doesn't have anything to do with the heart of the issue. So the enemy wants to use these red herrings and get us caught up in these like sidelined issues that have nothing to do with the heart of the issue. And the heart of the issue is God is trying to break down the last barrier that stands between us and our hearts. And so he says, here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. I rap on the door of your heart. I get this picture of God rapping on the door of a heart, like to, to the rhythm of his heart. So even in his approach, he's like, you know, the drums Joe was playing, it's like you start to pick up the rhythm of things and you're like, oh, okay. Like, ah, oh, yeah, I could like start freestyling over that beat. That's cool. Like, you're like, you know what I mean? And you begin to move. You're a good, good, good band, good music. You, you can just do this the whole time to the music. You're like, yeah, and then never break. God's like, he's very repetitious and he's relentless and he's got this rhythm to his heart. And he's like, I'm actually showing you the rhythms of my heart right now. Even as I, even as I knock on the door of your heart, isn't it? Even as I stand and I say, here I am, you've tried to pick everyone else, but I'm telling you, I'm the one that you need to have an encounter with. He says, if anyone hears my voice, now, if anyone, there's about to come a promise, here comes a promise, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. What's he saying? If you, child, if you would understand that the one thing I'm after is dialogue and encounter with you, creator to creation, anytime and anywhere, and I can talk to you about anything, would just understand the depth of what it is that I was willing to do to be able to stand right here and then you begin he's like standing there and he's knocking and then you know you can start to hear you, you know if someone's like slowly starting to unlock the door and there's like 70 locks on the door you start to hear like the chain lock first you're like oh and then and then you can hear like the dead the first deadbolt like they're opening the dead. And they, I, 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 like, that's the picture. And for like, as we begin to just go down the line of the doors of our heart and unlock all the things that we've built up over time. And then we hear the rattle of the door and, and our hands shaking because we're so nervous. And God's like, I am relentlessly after an encounter with you anywhere and everywhere about anything and everything. God's heart is open, is yours. Is your heart a set-apart place for an all-access dialogue with God, prayer? Is your heart a temple? gathering place where you can 
pour your heart out with humility and God can redeem with hope. Now physically, this all access, is, I, I, I'm gonna end by saying this. If you feel comfortable doing so, sitting at home, or even in the room. If you open your hands up, you see people like raise their hands and worship. They're like this, they're like this, they're like this. All this, all this open hand is, this is, this is a physical posture. Like, cause I can't physically like rip my chest open and say my heart's open. <laughs> but this is this physical posture of like, my heart's open. And so if you feel comfortable doing so, you can just open your heart right now. You can just say my heart's open. Amen. So my heart's open. God's already given you access to his heart. And right now what you're doing is you're giving him access. Maybe for the first time in your life, you're giving God full access to your heart. You know what? Don't be ashamed of it. I don't want you to feel like this might feel awkward for you if it's your first time, but it's just this open heart to say, God, you have full access to my heart. And when you give God full access to your heart, what you're saying is I'm going to allow you to search my heart in the Psalms is what it says to search my heart. And God, I'm gonna partner with what you say. I'm not gonna partner with my feelings because they'll fail me. I'm gonna partner with your word because it never changes. So God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, as we come into encounters and intersections anywhere and everywhere about anything and everything, we know that you're a good father, that you're prepared in advance, that you're prepared now. There's nothing too hard for you. And God, we just come to you right now with open hands, with open hearts and say, you've been knocking. God, we want to know the rhythm of your heart. Would you give us ears to hear and eyes to see? Would you help us look beyond the red herrings, the peripheral things right now that the enemy would have us get caught up in and be stressed and tense over? The election will come and it will go. COVID will as well. These things too shall pass away. These things too shall pass away. But God will always remain. So Father, we come to you this morning. We come to the Father. We come to you right now. In the name of Jesus, through one spirit, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to stand on your word. And we're going to dare to give you full access. And all access passed to our hearts. Thank you, God. In Jesus' powerful, powerful name, everyone said, amen and amen. We'll see you next Sunday.